It's all right. We're going to get this program together after a while. <laughs> Listen, there's an old song. I was talking to a lady yesterday, and she said, you know, all of y'all do all that contemporary stuff. But I want to know that you know that old school stuff. So here's something. Listen. Now here's the name. Know anything about that? It sounds like music in my ears, the sweetest name on earth. You heard me sing this part. Whoa, how I love you. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. So the conversation went on and I said, now, that's your old school. Let me give you the new school. Oh, 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 how I love Jesus. Lift your hands and say, Oh, Jesus, only because somebody say, Because. We're gonna say that one more time. Bring the music all the way down. Oh, 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 Jesus, you died for me on Calvary just to set my soul free. You know me better than I know myself. Listen, only because Only because We're gonna let the sopranos tell you Do you love him today? Come on, sopranos 
with all my heart. With all my soul. He made me whole. Come on, Alto. I love him. Do you love him today? With all of my heart. With all of my soul. He made me whole. Come on, children. I love him. Break the music. I love him with all of my heart, with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all my soul. He made me whole. Everybody say, say, I love him. Come on and lift your hand and help us say. With all of my heart, with all my soul, yeah, 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 yeah. Say, I love you, Jesus. With all of my heart, with all. He made me whole Just because Because He first loved It's not even about me It's not even about me But it's about Him Because I messed up over and over again but he continues to forgive my soul. He first loved me. Now if you love him, come on and give him glory. Do you know that he loves you today? Say, I love him. With all my heart, with all my soul, oh, if you love him today. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. When I think about how I messed up time and time again, he continues to come through for me. I can't sit in my seat and be cute. I got to lift my hands and give him glory. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, my hands automatically go up. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, my mouth automatically opens up. I got to dance in my feet. Yeah! Anybody love him today? Sometimes I just can't help myself. When I realize that it's not my good driving, 
that's keeping me from getting in a car accident. When I realize that it's not the bullets that's holding the good shots out. Hallelujah. When I realize that it's not my medication that's keeping me well. Hallelujah. I can't do nothing but lift my hands. I can't do nothing but give him glory. Yeah. Let me look this thing. book of Job, Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1 starting right at verse 13, allow me to encourage you to keep your Bibles open as we walk through the text because that's what I'm going to be preaching from. Job chapter 1, starting at verse chapter 1 starting at verse 13 are you there one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house a messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made, made off with them they put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your cameras and made off with them. They put the ser servants to the sword. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at your older brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. I want to use for a subject, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And I and the only one who has escaped to tell you. Most of us know that the Lord gave the devil permission to shoot his best shot at Job. And we know that Job was a central character in this story and in the book of Job. But as I was reading this story again, I started to think about this story from a different position. And I was pulled to one phrase that kept coming back up. And as we see this story unfold this morning, 
we'll introduce to some people who don't have names, but they have a story. And y'all know what happened to Job. The Lord gives the devil permission to mess with Job. But it was interesting, it was two things that the devil decided to attack. And that was Job's money through his livestock. Because that's how Job made his money, and all of his Job's livestock were taken out. And the other thing that the devil chose to attack was his family. And he took out all of his children, and this gives us good evidence on how the enemy works. Because the enemy attacks our money, and he attacks our family. But that's not what he's really after. So he's not after your marriage because he ain't looking for a spouse. He's not after your money because he's not trying to buy anything. But what the enemy is after is us coming out of our mouths in a way that curses God instead of a way that praises God. And he attacks the things that are important to us to see how we're going to respond. And in this first chapter of Job, we get one disaster after another. One tragedy after another. And it's one thing that never changes in the text. And that one thing, there's always one survivor that was left to tell the story. And all of us in here may not be able to relate to Job, but all of us can relate to the unknown survivors of every disaster. Because all of us in here in some kind of way have been able to survive something. And sooner or later, all of us are going to have to face some disaster, face some tragedy, face some heartbreak that we're going to have to deal with the right way to be able to come out of it. All of us at some point were joining with other people who have been knocked around by life and were going through his guarantee and paying his promise. Now, dictionary.com defines a survivor as a person who continues to function or to prosper in spite of opposition, hardship, or setbacks. So I'm only preaching to the survivors this morning. People who wanted to quit, but they kept on going. People who kept on going in spite of opposition and setbacks. And I'm looking for some survivors up in here who can say that I'm determined not to quit. I'm determined not to give up. I'm determined to keep going, and I will survive. Now, here's what you need to do. Look around this sanctuary right now. Look to your left and look to your right. Now, I guarantee you that you just looked at a survivor because somebody who you looked at is going through chemotherapy. And they're doing everything they can to be normal. Somebody who you looked at has lost a spouse or a child. And they're wrestling with some kind of depression. Wondering how they're going to make it in their life. Somebody who you looked at got let go from their job. And they don't know what to do next. But they're in church with a, on a Sunday morning with a smile on their face. Because no matter what they're going through, they are a survivor. Tell somebody I'm a survivor. Because God has brought me through it. God has taken me through it. God has held me through it. God has carried me through it. And I'm here today knowing that if it had not been for the Lord on my side. And y'all, what I want to propose this morning is that being a survivor is not a label. Being a survivor is not an event. Being a survivor is not a description. But what I saw in the text is that being a survivor is an assignment. And I want to suggest to us this morning that when you survive that it happens for a reason and that God has a reason that he keeps pulling us out of us stuff and as a matter of fact that's the main reason that the devil hates some of us because not only did you survive but you survived with confidence and you didn't survive coming out complaining you didn't survive coming out whining you didn't survive coming out mad but you came out singing you came out smiling you came out with your head lifted up 
And you just didn't come out that, that way. But you came out because you went in that way. Because I'm going through, but I'm going through cool and calm. And I won't give up. I won't whine. I won't complain. I won't stay in bed all day long. And I'm going to wake up with all my peace on Sunday morning. Saying this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now y'all, if you're a survivor, it's only one time that you can lose your composure. It's only one time that you can lose your dignity. It's only one time that you can't be cool and collected. And that one time is when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. Your soul ought to cry hallelujah. And somebody ought to take about 15 seconds this morning to give God some undignified praise. So when we reach our text this morning, we see that every survivor has one thing in common. And every survivor has an assignment. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So y'all, it looks to me that God lets us survive something. That our, and our assignment is to tell it. And if you're a survivor, you have an obligation. You can't be silent and you can't be quiet. And you can't keep it to yourself. But you got to tell somebody. And when you tell it, tell it in detail. And I'm still in the text. Because every one of the survivors didn't just say that I survived. But they gave the details of what happened. What they went through. How rough it was. But I survived. And y'all, I get tired of weak testimonies. Talking about what the Lord has brought me through. Because if you're going to testify, you ought to tell them who. You ought to tell the what. You ought to tell the when and the where. And the why and the how. And if you were drunk, you ought to tell it. If you got high, you ought to tell it. If you were a homosexual, you ought to tell it. And y'all, it was interesting to me that these survivors didn't have names, but they did have a story. Because I don't need nobody to remember my name, but I want you to remember my testimony. And can anybody testify this morning that you might not ever know my name, but you will know my testimony. Because when I was lost, he found me. When I was sick, he healed me. When I was down, he picked me up. Now, I need us to watch the text. Because in verses 14 and 15, it tells us that a messenger came to Job. It said that the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And that the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the service to the sword. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 16, while he was still speaking. Another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verse 17, while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. So Job, every way that you made your money is gone. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Verses 18 and 19. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at their older brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, they are dead. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. So Job, all your children are gone. And I am the only one who survived to tell you. None of his livestock made it. None of his children made it. And y'all, this is what messed me up. Because verse 5 tells us that early in the morning, 
that Job would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children. Because he thought that maybe my children had sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And that this was Job's regular custom. And y'all, if I'm Job, I'm thinking that I, that I pray so much for my children. And as much as I intercede for my children, if the Lord is going to let anybody survive, then it should have been my children. And I know that we got some real people that come to this service. Because how many of us have told the Lord, the Lord, if you let this person survive cancer, why, didn't you, why did you let my spouse die from it? Lord, if you saved their marriage, why couldn't you save mine? Lord, if you let their child come out, as much as I pray for my child, why did my child have to die? You let them survive the loss on their job, but why am I still out of work? But y'all, some people won't be able to handle your testimony because y'all went through the same thing, but it ended a different way. However the Lord decides to work your testimony, just know that God worked it out for your best interest. And we might not see it right then, but we just have to have enough faith until the Lord shows us how to do it. Now, this is a story about the calm and the coolness of Job, which means that God knew that he had to let other people survive. Because if he didn't, they didn't have enough faith not to curse God if they didn't survive. But he knew that Job had enough faith that even though he went through, that he still give God the glory. And maybe you had to go through what you went through and what other people got delivered from because the Lord knew that you could go through it and still give him the glory and say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Now, y'all know that the bet between God and the devil was about if Job was going to curse God or was Job going to praise God. So it must mean that Job needed to hear the testimonies of these other people to get where he needed to be. And that's why we shouldn't look down on folk when they tell you what the Lord has brought them through. Because their testimony might help you get to where you need to be. And when the Lord lets us hear somebody else's testimony, there ought to be something in that testimony that might help us to get through. So if somebody tells us their testimony about what the Lord has done from, it's just a reminder that they had enough faith that the Lord can give me the same testimony and the same faith to make it through myself. And y'all, if the Lord kept them, then I know that God can keep me. And y'all know that by the end of the story, that the Lord had given Job double as a result of his faith. But y'all, what confused me is that after chapter one, we don't hear anything else about these survivors. But Job got more than he ever had. And we don't hear anything else about the people who survived. But Job has more children, still has his wife, got more cattle got more sheep, and he has more than he ever had. And here's a shot of the text, and I'm going to my seat. Because we're never told who the survivors were or what their lives were like after their testimony. But all we know is that Job got double. And y'all, you may not end up with more stuff than I do. You might end up with more material stuff than I have. But while I don't have my stuff, can I tell you what I do have? My testimony. And if I still have my testimony... I might not be able to praise God for double, but I can praise him for survival. Might not be able to praise him for a new house, but I can praise him for my testimony. Might not be able to praise him for a new car, but I can praise him for my witness. And can anybody testify this morning that I don't have a whole lot of stuff? I pulled up with a raggedy car this morning. I live in a hand-me-down house. But the one thing that I do have that can't nobody take away from me is my testimony and every morning that I wake up I might be broke 
but I got my testimony. Might not have a job, but I got my testimony. Might be sick of my body, but I got my testimony. I need about five of y'all in here to help me close this sermon. Who can say when I was sick, he healed me. When I was naked, he clothed me. When I was defeated, he fought for me. So I may not be able to testify over stuff, but I can testify over the God that I serve. I can testify over the car that I drive. I can testify over the God that drives me. I can't testify over the business that I own, but I can testify that the Lord has brought me out because my testimony is for deliverance. My testimony is for healing. My testimony is that he kept me. My testimony is that he, he hurt me. That's why the old Baptist used to say, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Hair of salvation, persons of God, born of his spirit and washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my soul. And I'm praising my Savior all the day long. God bless y'all. The door of the church is now open. The door of the church is now open. If you're in this place today.